Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I made my way down to Florida for the Cardinals Fantasy Camp uh, about a week and a half ago, and... uh, Mike Claiborne was there. Mike Claiborne actually had a chance to visit with my son, Patrick. And then Mike took off on the Cardinal Cruise, and he's back now getting ready for spring training. And our buddy, the great Mike Claiborne, joins us now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN. Carrie and Randy. Michael, how are you doing? I am doing well. Uh, I have no real complaints uh, other than last night's hockey game. But, you know, you, you saw some guys last night who thought the All-Star break had already taken place. Yeah, it's a it's a shame. And Kerry and I talked about this earlier. There was a game maybe a month, month and a half ago. It was I think it might have been the last or second to last game of the eight game losing streak where the Blues lost to Philly. And I said to Kerry, I said, "Hey, that's as good as the Blues can play." And they had lost five two, I think. And this just to me, Mike, it, it's not a very good team. No, no, you know, and. Uh, my high watermark, you know, my, like flag day in baseball is Martin Luther King's birthday. So once you get to that date, then, you know, you know exactly what you have. So we know exactly what we have. And like I tweeted last night, time to blow it up. Yeah. Uh, you don't have you, – you guys that say they like each other, but they won't play for each other. And the, the, the little things that you see, the lack of detail – on just fundamental elements of hockey that you're not doing and turning it over in your own end. And really, you know what really disappoints me? This was a golden opportunity for some guys who weren't going to get a lot of playing time, who weren't going to get a lot of playing time to step up and really account for themselves. Mm -hmm. Most of them have failed as well. So I'm not sure what that says about development, but uh, it's time to, I won't say rebuild, but certainly reload. Yeah, I was going to ask you about your tweet. You 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 seem like you tweeted that as soon as the game and it blow it up. You you're tired of seeing it. Um and and Claves, when guys aren't playing for each other, it's I don't know if it's a a mercenary style of of hockey or or sports that you're seeing, but it's just not guys giving the effort. Randy was talking about uh, three of the four, four of the forwards are top fifteen in in plus minus, uh, in minus in the bottom in the yeah. bottom fifteen yeah. for 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 all of the NHL. Which I mean that that speaks highly, speaks volumes to why this team is struggling so so badly, so poorly. What do they need to do to play a team game? Because right now it's almost like everyone is playing for themselves, but not playing as a unit. Well, you know, I, I thought that. At the beginning of the year, you needed just a little bit more sandpaper, a, a guy with a little bit more grit to him where he, he would make guys accountable. And because the Blues don't have anybody who's flat out, I mean, you know, Braden Shen will, will fight and put Bartuzo will fight and, you know, Barbashev will back into a fight. But, I mean, you don't have a lot of guys who are willing to make that sacrifice because everybody wanted to play on the perimeter. You've got to be better than that. And, you know, it's maybe a little bit of roster construction and maybe the fact that we overrated certain people who maybe had career years last year. I don't know. 
but it, it's time to just kind of see what else is out there. I mean, maybe these guys need to change the scenery, and that's fine. They may go somewhere and play really well, okay? So if they do, good for them. But at the end of the day, it, it really is an indictment on who they are where they had to have a change of scenery when it's pretty, it's a pretty easy environment here in St. Louis. Okay. Media doesn't climb on you very much. Fans are always supportive. I mean, this isn't like some other cities where they expect more, you know, we just expect an effort and we're just not getting enough of that right now. Mike Claiborne, one of our favorite dates. And by the way, a lot of players that uh, get a chance to get out of St. Louis before Valentine's Day, they enjoy it too. It's one of their favorite dates. Spring training is only two weeks away, and the Cardinals are going to k- go to camp with this group. You mentioned a couple of weeks ago, and I, I, it flew under the radar because I didn't follow up. I want to ask you about it now. That A lot of people in St. Louis just assume that Jack Flaherty wants out of St. Louis ASAP. You're the media member that knows Jack the best. What do you read as his mindset as he heads into this free agency season? You know, I think for him, I don't even think he's really thinking about free agency. I think he's thinking about just going out and pitching and, and let his actions speak for itself. Um, you know, as I told you the other the, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking, he was kind of amused by the fact that he had heard that everybody thinks he wants out of St. Louis and he's supposed to go to L.A. and the whole nine yards. He said, this is the only organization I've ever known. He said, you know, obviously I'd like to be here he said, but I got to go out and do my job. And I, I think the fact that he's more locked in on pitching compared to where he's going to get his uh, paycheck in 2024, I think is a good sign because, you know, he could pitch himself into a really good bowl load of money or he can pitch himself into being a, a, a wandering free agent. So uh, that's what I'm looking forward to seeing. But there's a lot of competition we're going to see this year in spring training. Uh, look, look at the outfield. The, op- the opposition that you're going to see from each guy on, on that front. And then when you look at the D8 situation, I- I'll give you a name that I'm anxious to see is Paul DeYoung. You know, Paul DeYoung has been, been – I saw Paul the other day. Uh, you know, he's he's been down here basically the whole winter just working out with people in the Cardinal organization compared to working out with his gurus that he was working with in the off season. So I'm anxious to see what he can do. Because he could, he and Juan Yepes could compete for that right-handed DH position. Um, you know, on the left side, you've got a similar situation with Nolan Gorman and Brendan Donovan. Uh, so I, I'm looking forward to watching this team compete in spring training. And with the WBC, there are going to be some extra bats with some people. And like always, Randy and Kerry, there's going to be a guy that we're not talking about that's going to make this team uh, that we didn't see coming. And, you know, you look back at the Jordan Hickses and Andre Pallante of last year, and even Brendan Donovan. You know, he didn't make the ball club out of spring training. So uh, I, I think we're going to see something along that line. And I'm anxious to see Gomez. Guy hit 39 home runs in the minors, and nobody mentions him. So anybody who hit 39 home runs in the minors, I, I'd like to see him a little longer as well. Hey, Claves, there was an article written a couple of days ago by ESPN uh, writer Bradford Doolittle saying that the Cardinals had the second-best lineup in all of baseball. What are your thoughts on that, and, and how high-powered can this offense be? Boy, that's a, that's a, that's a bold statement. Uh, you know, there's some pretty good lineups <laughs> out there. Uh, you know, they could be very good. Um, you know, I think we talk a lot about where do you hit Contreras and who's going to protect Goldschmidt and Arenado. I, I think that Oliver Marmo has a lot of different options to play with with regard to that. And I think versatility is what you're looking for in your lineups today uh, because of the fact you've got the DH and you can move people around and look for matchups a little bit more 
Um, and, you know, the way the game's going to be changing because of the, the pitch clock. Pitch clock's going to have a huge impact, especially late in the games. So I, they have the potential to be a top-five lineup. Uh, I think I'm going to have to wait and see who's going to plug in certain gaps. And let's face it, I think the lineup really hinges on what your DH situation looks like because I think everyone else um, that we see has a chance to be good. Now, again, I have to include what the outfield is going to look like. Uh, you know, I, I don't know who's going to play. And yeah, I know I think Lars Newbar is going to get the, the longest look, but I think everybody else is going to be up for grabs. And I'm, I'm going to predict that somebody who was in our lineup last year won't be with us this year. Hey, Clebs, speaking of outfield and, and DH, there's a name that often gets looked over. We talked about adding a left-handed bat all offseason, but there's one on the roster, and that's Alec Burleson. What are your thoughts on him uh, and his potential for this season? Well, you know what, Kerry, I really didn't see him enough. And what I saw, I felt like he was pressing. Uh, I, I like to see him in the big league camp and getting some more at-bats. Uh, but, you know, he raked in the minors. So, you know, he, that's got to be worth something, at least give you a longer look. But, you know, from what we saw last year, I just thought he was a guy who was pressing. And, and that happens. It's late in the year. You know, your ball club's trying to make postseason and you're trying to contribute. Uh, so I'm anxious to see what he looks like with more at-bats. And now that he's had a taste of big leagues, you know what it's like. Once you get a taste mm-hmm. of something, you can't wait for camp to start next year. So I'm anxious to see what he looks like. Klaibs, uh, you and I have, uh, we're kind of kindred spirits in wanting young people, whatever their walk of life is, to to do well. And I, I have a, a new top five picture of all time that you sent me with you and Ozzie Smith and my son Patrick down in Florida. And the, the text that you sent me, because I wasn't down there yet, uh, telling me about how he performed were heartwarming. And I, I thank you for, you, you know him, you, you've known Patrick for a long time, but uh, for taking care of him down there, I really do appreciate it. Well, you know what? I remember when you brought him home from the hospital. So, I mean, that's how far <laughs> back we go. But to watch his growth over the years, uh, you and Jones should be very, very proud of him. I won't call him a young man anymore because he's full grown. <laughs> and I, and I, I saw him eat, so I know he's full grown. But, uh, you know, he, he just, he reeks what, what you hope you would raise a kid to be as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, he, he's a battler, and I'm just so happy and so proud of him and what you and Joan have been able to do for him and give him a, a solid foundation is something that, you know, all parents want to do. Uh, it's harder to do these days, but uh, obviously you were able to get through to him, and uh, you should be very proud of Appreciate that. What do we got right now on Claves Online? Well, you know, starting uh, late this week, uh, we'll have Joe, Joe Roderick out at the Super Bowl. Oh, nice. uh, he'll be there starting this weekend, and uh, he'll be there all next week. We'll have Huddle Up with Howard talking about the Super Bowl. Uh, Alex Ferrario and I will take a look at this NHL thing, along with Kevin Weeks. I'm seeing him, I think, this Thursday. Because, you know, the All-Star game is down here in South Florida. So I'm going to be moseying around that place for a little bit during the weekend. And, of course, we have Dr. Rick and the podcast. You know, I'm anxious, and I know they're going to do it today. But, you know, one of the things that I was going to roll out, you know, it's one thing for a pitcher to have a Tommy John issue, the ulnar nerve. I don't know what it, what the impact it would have on a football player because he's throwing something a little heavier than a baseball. So I'm anxious to hear how that thing will unfold. So we'll have a chance to visit with him. And, of course, as you know, uh, Rick Hummel will make his debut here in the next, next couple of weeks as far as his uh, contrib- contributions to Plays online, but we're gonna go football heavy over the next few days for sure. 
So give me your thoughts on what you saw over the weekend. Well, for me, I saw a, 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 a Eagles team that was dominant without even having a great passing attack. They they seemed to take the game to this 49ers the way that the 49ers generally take the game to people. And then the 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 Bengals and the and the and the Chiefs game. I thought the Bengals would come out of that on on, on top, but unfortunately they didn't. Um I think a healthy Mahomes in a couple of weeks is going to be a tough task for those Eagles, but I got the Eagles winning that game. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I, I picked the Eagles at the beginning of the year for some unknown reason. Hmm. Uh, well, I, I like their offensive line, and I like Jalen Hurts. Uh, I think Jalen Hurts was a very underrated player uh, coming out of Alabama because he, he comes from a, a good family. He, he's been coached well from Little League all the way up, and he's just a natural leader. Doesn't say a lot, but when he does say something. But, you know, I, I'll tell you the other thing. The 49ers, I know they did a lot of grousing about how things were going. Hey, you know what? How about investing in a little bit more offensive line? That way you won't get both quarterbacks mm. killed on Sunday. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that, was, that, was a good, that was a turning point. You couldn't block anybody. Yeah, and with that running back, once they lost some of their depth, you're exactly right. McCaffrey became kind of a non-factor too, and I guess if you lose, if you've got Josh Johnson a quarterback, it's going to be eight in the box, and you're not going to be able to run the ball anyway. By the way, I think Matthews Dickey is the only team that Josh Johnson hasn't played for. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you look at his, you look at his resume, man. Where hasn't he played? Claves, when I saw he was coming into the game, I was like, "What? He's still playing?" <laughs> I had no idea he was on the roster. Was another Josh Johnson. <laughs> I knew, I knew who it was. I just didn't know he was still playing. Man, I, I was like, "Holy cow!" So, I mean. You know what, and that's the sad thing about the game, and maybe the reason why they went with him, because he'd been in the camp long enough where he knew the system compared to going out on the street and finding somebody. But holy smokes. And Cincinnati, you know, I felt bad for the guy who got the penalty. But you know what, you know, I'll tell you, and I give Tony Romo credit for one thing. He, first of all, apparently he's getting paid by the word, which is, what, mm-hmm. $17 million a year. So he was giving you $17 million worth the other day. <laughs> But when he pointed out when Spagnolo flipped those defensive ends, and that tackle was having problems at the beginning of the game, number 77, his name escapes me. When they flipped him to the other side and he came up with the sack, I thought that was a turning point. I mean, because it made Cincinnati have to rethink everything. Yeah, and one thing about Spags, he can find a way to manufacture a pass rush. He might not have been the best head coach, but whether it was against Brady, he finds a, a great weak spot of the quarterback and finds a way to manufacture a pass rush and was able to accomplish that on Sunday. Claims, I always you know, love – go ahead. God, I was just going to say uh, real quick, when is the NFL going to start having a, a section for assistant coaches? Oh, yeah. I mean, because those guys have more impact on the game than the head coach, in my opinion. Agreed. So, anyway, all right, boys, I know you got to run. Uh, we will chop it up again next week, and uh, hopefully I'll tell you that the grass is still green down here or not. <laughs> Sounds great, Claves. Appreciate it, brother. All Have right, a good bro. one. Take care. See you. That's our friend Mike Claiborne. We love him, and uh, he is uh, one of the all-time great St. Louis sports guys.